John chapter 1 verses 12 through 13 says this, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Now this word power in verse 12 in Greek is exousia, and it means the privilege, the authority, or the right. So basically, Scripture says God gave us the right to become children of God. Now, one of my most favorite encounters Jesus has in the New Testament is that of the woman who had no authority and no right, who has been bleeding for 12 years. Mide beautifully read this passage from Mark, and hopefully I can contextualize this story a little bit further. So let's go ahead and set the scene. Now, Jesus has just crossed the sea and he's healed a demonic man who was filled with a legion of evil spirits and his reputation has been spreading. As soon as he lands, a large crowd surrounds him. And there, a leader of a synagogue, a man of religious and social power, Jairus, meets him with a desperate plea to heal his sick daughter. And now the crowd hears this and presses even more tightly around Jesus as Jesus agrees to go with Jairus. Imagine the excitement stirring in the crowd, right? An opportunity to be a first eyewitness to Jesus' miracle. But here, Mark introduces a disruption to the story, the bleeding woman. We have a disruption to what would be, right? A simple, straightforward Jesus miracle. And it's interesting to note that God uses Jairus, a man of influence and power, to draw a crowd only to spotlight a woman who is completely powerless. Hmm, what point is Mark trying to make here about the disruption of power? Something to think about, maybe for another sermon. Now, we don't know much about the woman or the cause of her bleeding, but we do know through Mark's succinct summary in verse 25 and 26 that she's been bleeding for 12 years, that she's seen one physician after another, she spent all the money that she has only for her condition to get worse throughout the years. Back in February, I was hospitalized. Um, this was right before the pandemic, and I had this chronic condition where I would consistently bleed. And now without getting into too much grotesque detail, too much personal detail, um, my hemoglobin levels had reached a place, a point where I needed to receive a few blood transfusions, go through some minor medical procedures, and even undergo a surgery. And it's, it's okay, I'm totally fine. But now in hindsight, I realized that despite having found a solution to my bleeding, that my body and my soul, my spirit, felt completely traumatized and wrecked after only five days of being in the hospital. And this is me having received the amazing care of the nurses and the physicians that I met. So imagine what the bleeding woman would have gone through, how many medical procedures she may have tried out, the experiments that she may have agreed to, uh, suggested by both legitimate and illegitimate doctors the mental and physical breakdown, exhaustion that she would have experienced, that would have built up, that would have been so very real. And then the medical bills. I mean, I was blessed to have Medi-Cal cover me, right? Thank the Lord. But this woman had poured out her life savings only to receive absolutely no resolution and no healing. And though we do not know the cause of the bleeding, we do know that 
By Jewish law, the woman's bleeding made her unclean. Her husband could divorce her. She could be separated from her children. She could not come in contact with any of her friends. And she was excommunicated even from the synagogue, the temple where she could worship her God. She had zero rights. No authority was allowed to her for as long as she was unclean. She was a misfit. She did not belong in community. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm exhausted. I am fatigued and tired of this whole staying at home business, this social distancing, and it's been less than a year. Can you imagine 12 years of isolation? And now before we fall into a state of pitying the woman as a bystander, as a member of the crowd, let us take an inward glance at ourselves. So how about us? Let us ask ourselves, how many of us are battling with physical infirmity or a chronic disease condition for which there seems to be no cure no matter how many doctors we see? How many of us are struggling with finances because some of our businesses have been shut down, our jobs have been in jeopardy since the pandemic began? How many of us feel lonely, isolated, and even excommunicated by our worshiping community by those closest to us for reasons that we can't control? How many, of us, how many of us are misidentified as unclean, as misfits? And when we look into a mirror, when we look into a mirror now, what areas of our lives do we see ourselves as outcasts because we believe the lies the enemy and the society has told us? In what ways have we been bleeding privately and publicly? Can we take a moment now? Let's worship together and let's sing this, not just as a way of acknowledging our own pain, our own struggles, but as a mode of surrendering the bleeding woman in each one of us. Let's sing this together as an act of trust. And let's say, Ye Chunim, yes, Lord to his saving grace.